1: presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey everyone, it's me, Josh. And for this week's SYSK Selects, I've chosen how commercial jingles work. Uh, You could also call it how commercial jingles slash earworms work. And I have to say, if you make it through this episode with no earworms in your head, then your brain is broke. Uh, This uh, episode was also actually the origin of the first commercial jingle we got, The Stuff You Should Know, which was done by Rusty Mattias of The Sheepdogs, a Canadian band. And thanks again to Rusty for kicking that tradition off for us. Hope you enjoy this episode.
0: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. Have you noticed that Jerry has a more aggressive countdown since we're shooting video now? Yeah. We're shooting video now. Yeah. For those of you not watching and just listening, like old school, Yeah. we uh, we have these on, on video. Potentially. Yeah. Jerry's aggressively counting
2: down now. Yeah. He just yelled at us, three, two, one.
1: And I keep, you know, we do two of these uh, at a time. Yeah. Um, and I... Always bring a shirt, and always forget to change into it. Like oh I yeah, shirt you haven't changed yet. Have yeah, I feel like a jerk. No, oh, well. no, I did change once the first time. <clears throat>
2: well, today you have on your uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand shirt. I
1: sure do. Shout out to Kevin and Bill. Yeah, the guys, if you are listening, you know everybody, <laughs> Mike, Joel, anybody yeah, that's who true. ever had anything to do with that show. TV's Frank, who's now a successful tweeter. Yeah, I don't know if you follow him. No. He's a he's pretty liberal.
2: You know, Joel went out and did his own thing as well. Like they're both, yeah, doing similar
1: versions of their previous job. Oh, what is it, Cinematic Titanic? Yeah. is Joel's, and, and then, then Rift no. Tracks is Mike's. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm well aware. You know, um, R- Robert Lamb interviewed Joel Hodgson. Oh yeah, on uh, and there's like a really awesome lengthy blog interview on the stuff to blow your mind blog. Cool, check it out. Yeah. So that's the intro for um, <laughs> commercial jingles, which is what we're talking about. That's right. Um, I really don't have anything except, Chuck, have you ever heard of a little uh, songwriter named Lynn Duddy? Nope. I had neither. Uh, apparently, Lynn Duddy wrote the I Love Bosco jingle, which I've never heard before, but it's listed as a, a famous jingle. So I feel like I'm missing out. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know half of these actually. The "I Love Bosco" jingle—that's the one that we list. What's with this? <clears throat> and Barry Manilow wasn't in here. No, which let's just get that out of the way. Yeah. Manilow, who I love, sure. You, you mean I have seen him front row center in Vegas? Yeah, it was an awesome show. Did he? He looks a little scary now. Uh, I, 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 I he's a great guy. I don't know if I'd want front row, is all I'm saying. He uh it was cool. He said something to me. I had to go to the bathroom and I like went and left in the middle of one of the songs and while he was singing, didn't miss a beat. He says to my back, Don't leave now, it gets better. And then just serious? like went into the song. Yeah, and Yumi was like oh. <laughs> Barry Manilow just wow. talked to Josh. Yeah. Did you cool. hear it? Did you know it was directed No, you? I didn't hear? It. I oh, came okay. back and she was still like, Oh my god, did you hear? <laughs> Wow. Yeah. But Barry Manilow, in addition to his incredible singing career, yeah. also is um, one of the better um, commercial jingle writers of all time. Yeah. Performed and co-wrote uh,
2: jingles like Like a Good Neighbor, State Farm is there. That's a big one, man. They're still using that. Stuck on the Band-Aid, because the band Aid stuck on me. That's you? huge. Uh, grab a Bucket of Chicken. I haven't heard that one. Grab a Bucket of Chicken. It was like 70s. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that was for KFC, obviously. And uh, you deserve a break today at McDonald's. Yeah. Big one.
1: yep. And he apparently recently did one for Dodge. I saw. I haven't oh, yeah. heard it either, yeah. Uh,
2: Randy Newman, obviously. He writes whatever pays the most. Right. <laughs> he wrote a bunch back in the day. And then this guy, Jim Brickman, who uh, made quite a name for himself with ads like,
1: We Are Flintstones Kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For The Vitamins. Mm-hmm. I used to love those, but um, every once in a while, my mom would just buy the cheaper knockoff ones. Yeah. And the difference in taste oh, was I'm sure. awful. So there was this spell where, like, uh, she would find, like, sticky knockoff Flintstone vitamins, like, in my Lincoln logs. <laughs> yeah. Just stuck to things because I'd just be like, oh, it would stick to whatever. Yeah. I'd, I'd just put it in my Lincoln logs because I guess throwing it away was too difficult. Yeah. That's pretty good. But yeah. And then, of course, Lynn Duddy. And Lynn
2: Duddy. And Brickman's other big one was uh, GE. We bring good things to life.
1: Do you know how rich these people must be if they yeah. had even just a halfway decent agent?
2: Well, it points out in this article, I don't know if it's still the case, but if you wrote the jingle, you own the rights to
1: it. I know. I don't know if that's still... It seems like it should be. I guarantee you Manilow owns the rights to the ones that he wrote. He didn't need the to her. No. But he still does, although he likes to cancel once in a while he just came i had tickets for his atlanta show oh really he just canceled it canceled i'm not playing sorry huh day off.
2: oh really yeah uh that's pretty lame yeah i thought so too well i hope he's all right i was really into barry manlow when i was a kid i know for someone who ended up being like fairly cool
1: with my music taste. Uh, hey i've got great music (laughs) taste too and i love Manlow. oh yeah no i'm just saying all right let's get into this okay so chuck what is a commercial jingle it's one of these things that, you know, you, anybody can define it, but it's actually a little specific. Uh, yeah. Well, it is a song
2: or a snippet All right. um, of a hopefully memorable melody written about a product. Right. And that's the original jingle. We'll get into how it's changed over the
1: years. Right. So... Um it can have just about anything in it, like a slogan, like like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yeah. It can have a phone number, like, 800-588-2300, <laughs>
2: Empire,
1: today. Yeah. Good going. Um, it can have uh, call letters, like NBC.
2: Yeah, that is, um, I looked into that. That is what they now call audio branding or an audio logo. Okay. Um, like the sound your computer makes when you open it. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Apple has theirs, PCs have theirs, or the ding, ding, ding from NBC, like you just said. Mm-hmm. But that's a big business now. Or um, a CBS, <laughs> that jingle. Like who can ever get rid of that one once it's in your head? Uh, but that's a new thing. Like that's even more specific now than jingles are what they call audio branding. Man, like,
1: every time I hear the word branding, a little piece of me dies. <laughs> um, but the dude from the Human League, remember that
2: band? Yeah, yeah. He has a company now that's, like, getting rich doing this. Oh, yeah? Yeah, basically, it's a little more complex than a jingle because they're trying to capture, like, the essence of your brand with a few notes, maybe. Mm -hmm. Or in the case of, like, an LG dryer, instead of hearing, "Ah!" at the (laughs) end, it plays this little melody. It's like, laundry's done. No. (laughs) What is that? Uh, No, it's a little melody, like a little dinging chiming melody who
1: did who was it that wrote the yahoo one yahoo oh man who was that we were just talking about that recently oh it was the guy who wrote uh oh man i can't remember
2: sorry oh well somebody write in it was in a previous podcast yeah that's less than two months old (laughs) yeah it's all gone now (laughs) yep
1: uh all right so
2: anyway that's audio branding
1: but Oh oh, it. we left out one other uh, one other part of a jingle. It can also tout the benefits of a product. Yeah, especially back in the day, that was huge. Like you'll wonder where the yellow went when you brush your teeth with pepto Really? You're not familiar? No. Oh, yeah.
2: I remember the Crest um the Crest Patrol. Yeah. We make holes in teeth. Remember that? No. The the oh man, I I wish I would look this stuff up. In the 70s, there was the, the cartoon of the Crest. I remember that. Yeah, and then there were the, 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 the Yuck Mouse, who were the, the bad people in that? I don't remember the that. The enemies were the ones we make holes in teeth. Oh, okay. And that's who the cavity creeps. I know they're the cavity creeps. Nice. Wow. All right, I'm firing on all cylinders. You
1: know, um, <laughs> I remember being in like third grade, I think, and we got a bunch of promotional materials from the Crest Patrol, and it included a play of which I was, I think, a toothbrush. Oh, really? Talk, talk about infiltrating schools. Yeah, seriously. Like we put on a play about the Crest Patrol I know. in school. Wow, that is weird. It's a little weird. So, Chuck, Jingles, they've been around since the Egyptians, as I understand it. That is not true. Um, Technically, it is true because the Egyptians were around in the 1930s.
2: Oh. <laughs> Funny guy. Christmas Eve 1926, they have credited the... Um, the Wheaties Quartet was singing about the Wheaties breakfast cereal as being the first <laughs> appropriately enough. first ever jingle, um, and apparently Wheaties was in pretty bad shape, and they were even going to get rid of it right. until they noticed that in markets where they were playing this song on the radio, Wheaties picked up, and they said, "Hey, maybe this jingle's maybe it's got something to it." And they probably didn't call it a jingle at the time, yeah. Um, and then they put it nationwide, and Wheaties was saved. Yeah. Have you, did you listen to it?
1: No. Is it pretty bad? No, it's
2: great. It sounds like the B-Sharps. <clears throat> you know, it's Barbershop Quartet. It sounds like Baby on Board.
1: Yeah. Except they're singing about Wheaties. So that whole Wheaties thing is pretty well established, but some still dispute it. And it depends on how you look at, um, at what a jingle is. Yeah. Um, whether that's the first one or not. But there's a f- song that was written in 1905 called In My Merry Oldsmobile by Gus Edwards and uh, Vincent Bryan. And I didn't realize that people were named Vincent back in like 1905. Does that seem like a modern name to you? Seems more like 1940s to 1970s maybe. Huh. Maybe. You know, there's a
2: website that charts uh, popularity of names in a graph. I believe that. I bet you Vincent's pretty low back then.
1: Um, but those two guys made in my Mary Oldsmobile and Oldsmobile used it in the 30s. But it wasn't, Originally recorded or written for Oldsmobile to use. I think the guys just really like their Oldsmobile. Oh, really? And so um, the author of this this article, Tim Faulkner, points out that you'd probably more accurately call it the first pop song licensed for commercial use. Oh, uh, okay.
2: That makes more sense. Now. So it's
1: technically not a jingle. So the Wheaties Quartet still stands. Right. Christmas Eve, 1926, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Is there any place more desolate than? <laughs> hey, it worked. Yeah. Because we still have Wheaties today. All right, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for timed tournaments, where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's very nice.
0: That's right. And the more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. That's right. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it now for free on Google Play
1: or the App Store. Game on! Today's episode is brought to you by Altoids because, let's face it, unraveling the mysteries of the universe is tough work. But with Altoids, your breath will be stronger than a black hole's gravitational pull. More intense than an alien abduction. And more reliable than your phone's battery during a podcast marathon. When it comes to needing intense freshness, Altoids have you covered. Altoids are stronger than your favorite conspiracy theory. More intense than the latest true crime docuseries. And more reliable than a Bigfoot sighting. They're not just mints. They're curiously strong mints. Find Altoids in the checkout aisle. Grab your tin today. So, the whole reason Jingles came about, too, is because... You know, I'm all about my, like, 1930s consumer history. Yeah. And, like, in in the 30s, like, consumer protection was, like, way stronger. And one of the things was direct advertising was very strict. That's so funny now. Yeah. this like, it's so like no holds barred now. You know, Australia is like going to town, uh, like preventing direct marketing to kids. Oh, really? Yeah, they're really protecting their kids. Oh, cool. It is very cool. But, just um, beer. You can only market beer. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Do you remember when there used to be like cigarette ads? And oh, yeah. Cuddy Sark ads and yeah. things like that?
2: It's funny to look through, uh, if you go like to uh, antique places and they have Old Life Magazine mm-hmm. and stuff, you just look through the ads and it's like... These happy
1: people slowly killing themselves, (laughs) right? With merits, yep. Um, So, but in in the thirties, like if you wanted to get an ad on the radio, you pretty much had to buy some time, yeah, like a half hour or an hour, and put on a program. And hence we have things like the King Biscuit Flower Hour. Oh yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, or the uh, General Motors um, car thriller mysteries, right? You know. Whatever. And at first, I think it was really boring and dull and dumb. And they figured out that consumers were a little more savvy and were not really willing to share their time yeah. for something that's just an ad, like an infomercial. Right. So they they started to make things like The Shadow and Little Orphan Annie. Yeah. Um, and they they made them so they could advertise. But eventually, it gave us radio programming and then ultimately TV programming, as we understand it today, we're basically born out of this desire to advertise to radio listeners in the 30s. Pretty cool. Yeah.
2: Um, And I didn't realize this, or I I realize, I guess, but it's just hard to imagine these days because it's so, advertising is so all over the place. Mm -hmm. But back then, you had direct to consumer sales, one-on-one. You go to a store or you have a traveling salesman come to your house to sell a vacuum cleaner or whatever, and uh, the ads back in the day uh, kind of bore that out. They were <laughs> basically real matter-of-fact and kind of dry and really just bullet-pointed bullet, bullet pointed how our product is better than the other. Right, exactly. It
1: was very boring, very dry. Like our spats are better than our competitor's spats because they're <laughs> made with um, virgin baby goat skin. <laughs> That's right. But with the popularity
2: of radio, uh, things changed, and they realized that jingles...
1: Uh, could make a real impact you know and they did because it's music as the Wheaties Quartet proved pretty early on um, and just right out of the gate people started really paying attention to this and they brought the field of psychology in and psychology started cranking out books that basically guided advertisers and companies on how to reach these audiences like who's listening when and like how to talk to them and um, yeah, but it, they it just basically exploded overnight, and it was all largely thanks to the jingle.
2: Yeah, and you know the early on, and I think it still holds true today. If you want to be a successful jingle, it's got to be very simple. Yeah, you got to have a repetition. Yeah, um, you got to have rhyming is good. It is. Cause <laughs> it helps stick in your head a little more, and before you know it, it's become part of your consciousness for like life. Yeah. Like, they point out here in the article, the Oscar Mayer, uh baloney song. Mm-hmm. Like, anyone who grew up in the 70s can sing that word for word today. Unless you just weren't paying attention as a kid. Do you want to sing a little of it? Well, no. Do you? No. <laughs> My baloney has a first name. Mm-hmm. It's O-S-C-A-R. Yeah. And the plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Like, right. these things get burned into the collective consciousness, basically. Or
1: Costanza. Um, <laughs> What's that? From Seinfeld, remember, like George gets a girlfriend because he uh, he associates his name with that by Menon. Oh, really? But he goes Costanza, and the I the, the, that one. the woman doesn't even like him, but she can't get him out of her head because that <laughs> Costanza's in there, which you would funny. call an earworm. Yeah, which we've talked about. It feels like before, right? I think so, but we may as well talk about the Ohrwurm Is that in, how you
2: pronounce it in German? It's Ohrwurm Yeah. And uh, everyone knows it, uh, what an earworm is. It's when it, a song or a part of a song gets stuck in your head. Uh, sometimes inexplicably... Inexplicably? <laughs> inexplicably... Something weird got stuck in your head. <laughs> like you wake up in the morning and the song is in your head. Yeah. You hadn't heard it in weeks, months, years, who knows. But it's just there. And they don't really know how it works either.
1: No, but a couple of uh, very smart guys in the 70s... Uh, got together. Their names were Alan Badley and Graham Hitch. And they, um, I think they're responsible for coming up with the idea of the working memory. Badley and Hitch sounds like a 70s pop group. More it than does. It sounds like research. Well, they went on to write The Hustle. Okay. Um, but the uh, Badley and Hitch first, um, I guess, have investigated working memory and they came up with this thing called the, um, f- the phonological loop. Yeah. Right? Which is... An earworm Mm -hmm. or a snippet of music or a a sentence, whatever. It's running around. You can almost see it tracing this track in your head Mm -hmm. over and over again. That's the phonological loop, and it's made up of two parts, right? The phonological store, which is your inner ear, which hears it. Mm -hmm. And then the articulatory rehearsal system, which is you driving yourself totally insane By saying it over and over again. Yeah, repeating it. It's how we learn to talk, right? Yeah, or learn a foreign language. Um, And they think that this phonological um, loop is basically an earworm hitching a ride on this neurological process that we have naturally and basically exploiting it for commercial (laughs) purposes.
2: Wow. Happens more in women, supposedly. Yeah. More in musicians, supposedly. And uh, if you have OCD it might really present a problem with you.
1: That was a really good episode of ours, if you ask me.
2: OCD? Mm-hmm. I remember oh, you no, talked about uh, David
1: Sedaris licks light switches, <laughs> yeah. I think.
2: Yeah, in his book he did. I don't know if that's real. Yeah. I think it is, though. Um, how to get rid of an earworm. There's all kinds of things you
1: can try, like actually hearing the song in full. Um, like um, if you can't get uh, call me maybe out of your head right just go listen to call me maybe uh sometimes singing it yourself all the way through can do it you
2: could sing call me maybe you could vanquish it from your mind yeah but there's really no surefire way those are just little tricks yeah i heard someone say something about listening to rush we'll get rid of it rush limbaugh oh that what it was because yeah. <laughs> you just get so mad
1: right um pro, uh who's professor Kalaris? so he's the one who's Basically he's a University of Cincinnati professor. He's in the earworm article. Oh, okay. And he has dedicated his career to basically exploring earworms. Figuring out how to <laughs> how they work, Is why that a, they Luke work. Field? Um I think he's made a name for himself in it. All right. He appears in not one but two How Stuff Works articles, so yeah, true. he's arrived. Uh
2: so what he's done um through surveys, he said it's obviously all up to the person. is very individual as far as what songs get stuck in your head. Mm-hmm. But he put together through some surveys uh, what he calls the playlist from hell. And I would have to agree.
1: <laughs> I, well, I'd like to see this updated because it's a little dated. A little bit. I mean, I'm sure that one, uh, Party Rock, has got to be at the top of the list. I don't know that one. Party Rock is in the house tonight. I don't know that at all. The, you're, there's, it's literally impossible that you have not heard Party Rock. Is it a song? Yes. I have not heard it. I will play it for you. And you'll be like, oh, okay. Is it like a pop song? Yeah. It's not a commercial. It's everything. It's inescapable. <laughs> it is the Alpha and the Omega. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's just not possible you haven't heard
2: it. All right. Uh, but his playlist from hell includes uh, the Baby Beck Ribs Chili's Jingle, which yeah. we won't even say out loud. <laughs> uh, the Baja Men's Who Let the Dogs Out—that's a good one. Queens, We Will Rock You—that's another good one. That's a good one, but I don't—I don't know. That doesn't strike me as particularly earwormy.
1: Yeah, I could see. Yeah,
2: um, give me a break. It's a good one too. That Kit Kat bar, uh, the Mission Impossible theme. I think it's funny that this is on here because I had an experience with that. Uh, when I lived in New Jersey, it was when I think the first Mission Impossible movie came out and YouTube did the mm-hmm. update mm-hmm. of the theme. That thing was stuck in my head for like three days. I was walking around just going, dun, dun, yeah.
1: dun, dun. And like, coming up crazy. on corners really quick <laughs> yeah. and like looking around doing a tuck and roll. It was
2: crazy. So it didn't surprise me to see that on here.
1: YMCA, there's nothing wrong with that. I kind of like this playlist. I wouldn't call it from hell. I'd call it maybe from heck at best. Okay. <laughs> um I, no, I do hate um, The Lion Sleeps Tonight. Oh, I hate that song. I
2: think that's probably on there for the,
1: the very famous... The Weem uh, Away Yeah. Uh,
2: Whoop! There It Is by Tag Team. Another and, good song. Uh, it's a Small World, I guess that one, because you go to Disney World and you just hear it over yeah. and over and over.
1: Um, What ride is that? It's a Small World? Is that the name of the ride, too? Yeah, I think so. Huh. It's been a while, but yeah. All right, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for timed tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's very nice.
0: That's right. And the more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. I'm talking about unique stickers that you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, or hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their
1: vaults. Find Altoids in the checkout aisle. Grab your tin today. So, um, there's still plenty of jingles out there. I'm trying to think of a of a new jingle. Well, uh, they're
2: they're all over um, sports radio. Oh yeah, because I listen to a lot of sports talk, and me and my lead guitarist Eddie, who you know. And Better. No cheapo. Eddie Vedder. <laughs> no, Eddie Cooper. Uh, we have been joking around about doing um, like a medley of, of radio jingles in, oh, yeah. in our set. Yeah. Because if you listen to sports radio, man, it's like the same ones. Well, oh, like what? Well, looky, 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 here comes Cookie. Oh, yeah. Cook's Pest Control. Uh, alarm Force. I haven't heard that one. Alarm Force. I haven't heard that one. Uh, oh, man, I can't think of them. But yeah, I mean, there's just like... If you listen to any kind of sports radio, it's like the same ones. Over the over.
1: ad that always sticks out to me when I think of like sports radio or talk radio is that one guy who's, he's like uh, trying to sell like some sort of um, refi. Like, he's a refinance yeah. guy. He's like, it's the biggest no-brainer in the history of oh, Earth. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that guy. <laughs> I love that guy. Or if you've heard, and this isn't even a jingle,
2: but a full-on song, have you heard any of the Bluebell ice cream commercials?
1: Mm-mm, I don't know. It's pretty great. How does it go?
2: Oh, I mean, they're all different, but it, it's all like this guy singing about, like, you know, country morning and oh, yeah. the sound of uh, birds chirping. And yeah. it's like the the sound of coming home is what you taste when you eat Bluebell ice cream. Right. It's pretty funny. Which is a lie. <laughs> um, but like you said, they sort of have gone out of fashion a little bit, at least from the heyday, even though they're still around.
1: Yeah, they, still, they are viewed somewhat as hokey. I think if you stop and think about a commercial jingle or the concept of a jingle, yeah. it's hokey, even though you probably have 500 of them in your head that you could recall at any moment. Exactly. But yes, if you are, say... Um, the company responsible for running VW's advertising campaign, you're probably not going to use a commercial jingle. You're right. going to go the other route, yeah, which is to appropriate a pop song. Yeah, and in a VW's case, they use Nick Drake. which
2: Great one. The song Pink Moon.
1: Yeah, that's how I came to find out who Nick Drake was. That's how a lot of
2: people came to find out. And that's what the article points out, is a lot of times they can resuscitate careers, Yeah, although in his case he passed away, but... Uh, he definitely like was way more popular after that commercial than he was before. Yeah.
1: Um, Stereo Lab was also VW. Yeah. Uh, uh, who else? Um, I don't think they needed any help, but it was like a perfect fit. The, um, Polyphonic Spree. Oh yeah. They had the, their, I can't remember the name of the song. It was like their huge, yeah, huge yeah. hit. Um, that was on a VW commercial. Like when VW first came out with the new Beatle. Hey, and shout out to uh, Toby, right? Yeah, Toby. He was in the Polyphonic Spree. He's shooting a feature film right now. Oh, really? Yeah.
2: Wow. In uh, Louisiana. Like, he's shooting it. Yeah, Toby's a friend of uh, Josh and Yumi's who was in the Polyphonic Spree. Yeah, he played Theremin. And now he is a... Oh, did he really? Yep. I don't think I knew that.
1: Yeah, he was like uh, friends with a couple of them and said, hey, you know, uh, I I want to be in the band. What do you need? And they're like, uh, how about Theremin? And back then, anyone could be in the Polyphonic Spree. And he, it was huge. It yeah. was extensive. Um, And he went out and bought a Theremin and taught himself how to play it and came back and was like, oh, I don't want to be in... He like went to Japan um that's crazy like toured the world with the with the spree for a while that's with the spree yeah um that's awesome yeah and he's making a movie now yeah well he you know they had that short that yeah he produced one at, with uh, south by southwest yeah starring bonnie prince billy that right was amazing now they're on something else it's like a feature film the same same company that's awesome yeah
2: um anyway pop songs <laughs> getting back to that uh they credit the beatles um 1987 nike commercial uh, when nike famously used revolution do you remember that yeah it's kind of starting this whole new wave of Mm -hmm. let's use like pay a lot of money to use really popular songs because it's not enough anymore you can't just say our brand is better than yours you like you want to identify your brand with a uh uh, the public consciousness in a lifestyle right
1: like um uh that cat stevens song wind of my soul and like the timberland ad that kind of struck me as the same thing too great song where it's like put these shoes on and you will automatically yeah i'm surprised he went for that i am too Hmm. i'd like to look into that i wonder if he doesn't have the rights it doesn't seem like something he would do there's no way he doesn't have the rights to the song yeah that's true but um it is kind of, you, you raise a point, like it is surprising that he would have gone for that. But apparently if you work on artists long enough or just wait for them to grow old and need money, <laughs> they uh, will eventually cave. Yeah, like or
2: Sting. Yeah, he didn't need the money, but. Who, Sting? Nah, I doubt if he did it because he needed the money. He's or, loaded. Yeah, th-
1: I guess that's right. He has a castle. He did it for a reason, though, and it was probably money. <laughs> um, so in the 80s, when Sting was still, because, you know, the police started out as a punk band. Yeah. Um, and in the 80s, it was post-punk, but Sting still thought of himself as a pretty cool dude. Sure. And apparently, I don't know the company, but they approached Sting and said, hey, we want to use Don't Stand So Close to Me for our deodorant commercial.
0: <laughs> Awful idea. It's a
1: terrible idea. Yeah. And he, he very wisely said, no way. But then Jaguar said, hey, you know this terrible Desert Rose thing you have going on? We want to use that for our ag campaign. Right. And Sting said, way. Right. <laughs> cheers to that yeah uh and that's a big you
2: know bands get accused of selling out uh less these days i think because especially smaller bands you, you just you know you people think music is free now so they're not making money selling records like right. they used to yeah they break even on tours these small bands so i like i've done a 180 i used to think like i oh, don't sell out but now i'm like dude make whatever money you can while you can yeah Uh, I know Band of Horses, one of my favorite, and Jerry's favorites, Um, they were kind of taken to the mat by some of their fans because they did, uh, they licensed their movie to Chevy, and the dude, uh, Ben Bridwell, came out and was like, no, you know what, I drive a Chevy, it's old, and maybe now I can get the AC fixed. (laughs) You know, he drives an old pickup truck, and he's like, what's the the problem? Yeah. Like, we're trying to make a little dough here. Yeah. And uh,
1: it's a product I believe in. Yeah. You know, um... The, that part in the movie The Doors mm-hmm. where like Jim Morrison is like off on like whatever for a while and comes back and sees that like um Light My Fire's been oh, used in right. a Chevy commercial yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like the the Ray Conniff singers or something yeah. doing it and he's like it's a catchy tune and then well, it starts breaking
2: stuff. <laughs> that brings up my, my biggest pet peeve today. Okay. Is this new thing, and it's not super new because they've been doing it, but it's like worse than it's ever been when they will take a great classic song Mm -hmm. and bastardize it and have some like lady session singer come in and sing like Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones, Mm -hmm. but in a different way and talking about being like satisfied with your, you know, your new car. Right. And it's just, it's all over the place now, and it's just the worst. Like, I would rather hear. Someone license their real song, then hear them remake it with some awful session singer and change the words to fit their product. You know what sure. I'm saying?
1: But then that corporation would take the Ben Bradwell stance and Ben be, Bradwell, yeah. Be, ben what? Bradwell. Ben Bradwell stance and be like, "Hey man, we got to make our quarterly earnings." Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know? No, or, it's not true. I was being totally <laughs> facetious. That doesn't count. It's not the same thing.
2: Or the other thing now that um. Like the Black Keys are suing Pizza Hut right now because what companies will do and Tom Waits is sue people a bunch of times. Like every other year he sues someone because mm-hmm. they'll go in and they'll say, give us something Tom Waitsy," mm. Or, boy, listen to Gold on the Ceiling by the Black Keys. Can you do something like that? Mm-hmm. And these you know dudes that write these songs basically rip them off. And the Black Keys are watching Pizza Hut and they're like, wait a minute, that's my song Yeah, in a different, slightly different way, selling pozones. And so we're going to see you and take you to court. And that's when they get in court and like compare them side by side. and
1: Well, you know, Ray Parker Jr. famously yeah, yeah. got messed up because he apparently ripped off I Need a New Drug, the Huey Lewis song. That's right. Did and he? I never really heard it. And then finally I, it, it clicked. And I was right. like, oh, wow, that is really similar. Did he settle? He lost. I oh, don't know if he settled or what, but he definitely lost that case.
2: Uh, I guess finally we should talk a little bit about product placement, because... um, Well,
1: we had a whole product placement episode. Oh, yeah, that's right.
2: Well, obviously with TiVo and DVRs now, people are speeding through commercials, so you are going to find some product placement in your shows, Mm -hmm. quite possibly our own even. Yeah. (laughs) It happens. But um, there are better ways than others to do it, and if you want a good laugh, go to the YouTube Mm -hmm. and and Google Soap Opera Serial. Yeah. Yeah. And um, just watch. It's great. That's all I'm going to say.
1: I, I watched that the other day. Yeah, Did you? Yeah. It's so funny and awful. It's just, they're, it's colossally bad. Yeah. But it's so bad that like it's earned a place in the pantheon of pop culture now. So it did yeah, its job. That's true. And then some. Yeah. I bet
2: you there's a lot of hits on that on YouTube.
1: Yeah. People a lot of
2: hits. It's... Honey, what are you doing? Just having some delicious Honey Nut Cheerios. Yeah. Boy, these things really packed in fiber
1: in there. The thing is, it's like a seven-minute-long scene. Yeah, it they, was awful. Like, they just started talking about Cheerios the whole time. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. funny. Um, and there was a little product placement right there for you, Cheerios. So it was all over the place. Bonus. No, I mean just now. No, but I'm saying,
2: geez, all we did was talk about brands. We don't oh, yeah. Trouble.
1: Cook's Pest Control owes us a check. <laughs> yeah, or just come by and get the termites out of my house. That'd be <laughs> nice. I want a check. Um, let's see. If you want to learn more about commercial jingles, you can type those words into the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. And I said, search bar, which means it's time for listener mail. Uh,
2: I'm going to call this. Remember you asked for good uh, good causes in the yeah. white collar crimes? Yeah. This one's from Athens, Georgia. Oh, hey. So it made the cut. I've been there. Uh, love the show, guys. And now a segue into a shameless plug. <clears throat> right to the point. Yeah. For a nonprofit in Athens, Georgia, I represent Free IT Athens, FRIDA. Uh, it's an all volunteer um, nonprofit, and it is a grassroots organization dedicated to reclaiming discarded technology like computers, mm-hmm. refurbishing it, and distributing it to those in need. That's awesome. That's great. Makes perfect sense, too. I think, in fact, I have some old stuff I could donate.
1: You know, there's gold in there. There's like all sorts of rare earths and precious metals that like if you... In the computer? ...combined them, like a bunch of computers, you'd have a little gold nugget. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe I'll do that instead. Yeah.
2: Uh, we serve mostly low-income populations that cannot afford the latest and greatest technology. Uh, we also aim to reduce e-waste uh, through computer reuse and responsible recycling. Mm-hmm. We are currently in need of working laptops for a volunteer program. I know uh, a whole room full of them. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, laptops are distributed to volunteers that complete our computer refurbishing program. We are interested in laptop computers that have been made within the last five years with little to no damage. Uh, donating your computer can change someone's life. And I imagine you can write that, that stuff off. You know, we really should see
1: what they're going to do with those. See if we can That's get a these guys.
2: Donating can change someone's life. I already said that. <laughs> but it can really change someone's life. <laughs> Uh, petition. financial donations are also welcome. Uh, so you can visit www.freeitathens.org. And thank you so much, guys. That is from Joel
1: Isler in Athens. Thanks, Joel. Appreciate that. That is a very good cause. We'll see if we can help. Heck if, yeah. If not, or in addition to, hopefully there's a lot of uh, listeners in the Athens and Atlanta area that can help. Agreed. Or maybe people can mail them from all over. I'm sure you could. Or just go there and uh, give them a little cash. Give them 10 bucks. Oh, yeah. You could do that, too. Mm -hmm. What was it? Uh, FreeITAthens.org. That's right. Nice. Um, If you have a commercial jingle, we want to hear it. Send us a link. Sure. Some great forgotten commercial jingle. We want to hear about it. Um, Or the worst one ever. Yeah. Let's just start talking about this. Let's get a conversation going. (laughs) Uh, You can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash StuffYouShouldKnow. And you can send us an email.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. 20 to receive $20 off your first month for listening to this podcast. Switch now at visible.com for data management practices and additional terms. Visit visible.com. The visible monthly rate is $25 per month.
1: In Puerto Rico, there's adventure around every corner and natural treasures waiting to be explored. Like El Yunque, the only tropical rainforest in the U S get swept away by natural beauty and come away with unique stories that could only be experienced in Puerto Rico. And that remind you why you travel in the first place. Visits end, but stories last forever. You don't become a part of the island, it becomes a part of you. No passports required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.